This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 22nd. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone had a pleasant Monday. I know I certainly did. And I'm really loving the 80 degree days here in New Jersey. Before we start, I wanted to remind everyone that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five star rating and leave us a review. We love to see your comments and would be so gracious for feedback if you want us to cover a topic we haven't already, or if we haven't hit your favorite team yet as we preview all the Power 5 schools this offseason on the College Football Daily. Of course, if we have already covered your favorite team and you missed it or want to listen back, don't worry, we have all the episodes for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily, and listen as we preview your favorite program. We are continuing our goal of hitting all the Power 5 teams and a few group of five schools today as we preview Boise State. Joining me to discuss the program is former Broncos linebacker and now Boise State head coach Andy Avalos. Coach, thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, taking the interest in Boise State and looking forward to chatting about uh, the team and what's going on. So, Coach, I want to start with this. You're the defensive coordinator at Oregon. I'd assume sometime in early January, you get a call from also new athletic director Jeremiah Dickey offering you the position of head coach at your alma mater. Was there any hesitancy in your mind about coming back home and starting your time as a head coach in Boise? Or was this just like a no brainer from the start? No doubt about it. If I get this offer, I'm going to take it. Where do I sign kind of head coaching position? Well, you said it. It all started with uh, Jeremiah and, and just us getting to know each other, him getting to know me and obviously for myself, getting the opportunity to get to know him and have conversation about what, what his goals were, what his vision was. And it, it aligned, it aligned with ours. And, and so we were very fortunate that when we did get extended the offer, it was at that point is a no brainer. But it, from the standpoint of being able to come back to my alma mater here into our, our home and, and get our family back to Boise, that's a no brainer. That, that was it's always been part of the plan um, to eventually get back to Boise. And uh, we're just really happy and blessed that it worked out this time with the fit and, and everybody involved. So you played under Dan Hawkins at Boise State and those teams from 2002 to 2004, a 36 and three record. You coached for a year under Chris Peterson, longer, obviously under Brian Harson, the man you're taking over for. And you were most recently on Mario Cristobal staff at Oregon. Those four coaches, it's tough to find better coaches to observe and to learn from. What are some things you took away from your past experiences with them? And how do those previous experiences help you now as you lead Boise State for the first time? Yeah, no question. I mean, the, we can have a conversation for five days on the things that I've learned <laughs> from, from that group of men right there. But more importantly, it's the impact we have. It's the impact we have with the opportunities we get and how we mentor, how we teach, how we engage, how we help uh, help people grow. 
And then within that, obviously, it's the organization of, of running a program and learning and pulling um, from different people, what we've always done here at Boise State and the detail of which we've done it. And uh, then being able at Oregon to learn, you know, from a few different models, whether it be uh, the Oregon model and or the Alabama model that, you know, exists there within that program and, and being able to bring those things back and implement them within this next opportunity. And from all those guys, I've learned mentality as well. You know, we at, at the end of the day, this is football and football starts with mentality and uh, relentless detail on, on what you're doing and how you're working. I want to look at your group now and I want to ask about the quarterbacks. You have Hank Bachmeyer returning as well as Jack Sears. And I know they've been battling it out during the spring. I think you said to yourself that it's a competition that will be determined in fall camp. What are your thoughts on the way Hank and Jack have competed? And what's the feeling in the quarterback room overall? Because look, while they're teammates with the same goal, of course, they are two guys that are competing for just one spot. Yeah, there's no question. And and uh, well, number one, they, they've both done a really good job preparing themselves, uh, learning, growing. And it's not just the X's and O's. It's not just the um, operation and execution of the offense, but it's it's how they're growing as leaders. Um, as much of playing quarterback is a leadership role, putting confidence into guys, gaining people's confidence and, and putting confidence back in and being able to be an extension of the coaching staff and, and helping people grow as they operate and execute, you know, at the level that's expected. And they're both growing in, in those areas. And we look forward to seeing uh, continued growth over the summer. It's only naturally fair that we give them that time, being that it's a new offense that they're learning. And, um, you know, we look forward to watching those guys in the beginning of camp. And I'm just curious about the offense as a whole with new offensive coordinator, Tim Plow. When that offense is clicking with everyone doing their part, what does it look like? You know, how explosive can that offense be? Yeah, there's no question. We're really excited about uh, the direction we're going there. Number one, it always starts up front. And, um, you know, uh, we're excited about developing our, our O-line and, and continuing to grow our team in that area. It always starts up front on both sides of the ball. And then like we just spoke about, we got two quarterbacks that, you know, are battling it out and we got some younger guys behind them that are going to be really good players as well. And so the the strongest uh, piece of the offense is the wide receiver core. And we got a lot of speed guys that uh, are, you know, pay a lot of attention to detail. And so we're excited about the, the speed on the outside and the running back core that we have to be able to uh, run the ball and, and coach. Coach Plow, we talk about being explosive, but, you know, also efficient and, and making sure that our execution is on point, whether that's in the pre-snap or once that ball snap. You're a defensive guy. You played linebacker in college. You've coached primarily on the defensive side of the ball. Your defensive line, I think, is a real strength this season and an area that you can definitely rely on up front. I think even Hank Bachmeyer, I was reading an article, pointed to the defensive line as a really special unit for your group. What makes them so dominant and such a focal point of your defense this year? Well, they're really good leaders, number one. They're great. They're great guys. How they help lead this team, how they train, how they live away from the facility and handle their business. I mean, that's everything. And they're, they're extremely talented. And I think even so, we will see a difference in how they move and how explosive they are and how physical they are from last year based off of how they're training and the type of work they're putting in right now. And again, we said it a second ago, it starts always up front on both sides of the ball and the, the mentality that is created and with the physicality. And we have to win the line of scrimmage and we're excited about that group. What is it like taking over a program right now? Because you're obviously coming off a COVID year. You obviously didn't take over during COVID. Uh, So a more normal offseason this past one, but you're also obviously dealing with recruiting and obviously recruiting as a whole is a lot different than when you were first recruited back in the early 2000s. And, you know, even when you were an assistant a couple of years ago, so much has changed. You obviously have NIL coming up soon too. You know, there's just so many things 
that are so different with college football now than they were, you know, two, three years ago. What is it like just taking over a program now and having to adjust to, to really all these changes? You know what? I see it as a positive, and especially in our situation, we get the opportunity to learn and grow, and so does everybody else. As a first-time head coach, there's a lot of coaches that are out there that have been you know, in the position as of a head coach for a long time. And there's new things that they're having to learn because what has changed post-COVID? Well, you know, in the recruiting rules, the practicing rules, you know, the, the, what the NCAA has done with um, camps and, and what we get to do with fall camp and whatnot. And so we all have to learn, you know, and, and adapt and adjust to the times. And, and a lot of it's really good. It's, these are really good adjustments that are being made, whether it's in the recruiting realm or, or in the actual football, on the football side of things. But for us in recruiting, we are always going to, we're going to stick to our traditions. We're going to do our research and find the right people first in terms of who they are and what their character looks like. And most importantly, what their work ethic is and what, what type of impact do they have on their current teams? Are they the type of guys that people want to be around? And, and are, they, are they a team guy? And then obviously they got to be able to fit a specific need and role on the team and have a skill set that we feel like we can be, you know, we can develop. And, you know, in terms of recruiting, I, I mentioned the transfer portal. How do you kind of balance high school kids compared to transfers? Obviously, you know, transfers are more ready-made in high school, you know, often take time to develop. But how do you, you know, balance having a roster with enough high school kids while also obviously bringing in transfers to kind of fill some holes that you might have? Yeah, there's no doubt. The, ro the roster management is unique and it's different. It's different now coming out of COVID. And, and uh, even with the transfer portal and, and the new rules within the roster management um, and how you handle those things, it's it's really unique. I mean, it's specific to the needs, in my opinion, to what your roster has. How much depth do you have? Do you have depth? And is, you know, is, is that dependable depth? So then can we go recruit a uh, a young high school guy and be able to develop him? Or, you know, do we not have the temp dependable depth and do we need to look for an older guy that is more mature that maybe has some game experience already? And so um, there's a lot of things that play into each scenario, to each position specific to growing the team to the best that we can. Coach, a couple more from me. Look, Boise State, when you were a player, you lost only, I think on average, one game a season. I think I said 36 and three during your three years. You go back to 2006 and 2009, Boise State was undefeated. And I think very well should have at least one of those years probably played for a national title. The program has, of course, been very successful the last decade. Most programs, besides a small select few, would take nine to 11 wins with only two to three losses every single season. But look, you know the disadvantages that group of five schools have when it comes to the playoff as it is right now with only four teams. You need to go undefeated at minimum to even have a shot. And then after that, you still might need some help. So look, the committee will ultimately decide what it decides when the time comes. But how do you get back to the level that the program reached in those undefeated seasons that puts Boise State back in playoff contention and gives you an argument that the Broncos should be one of those four teams competing for a title? You know, how do you take the step back to, again, undefeated years? We got to focus on what we can control ultimately. And that's how that's how we grow this environment with the people that we bring here, that the people that are here and how we continue to build on our traditions and be innovating as well and and uh, and helping ourselves grow you know, to, to these new levels. And ultimately what we focus on is, is how we grow our mentality, how we, how we grow this family here and, and focus on what we need to do to accomplish the goal. Not what is the end result, but what is it that we need to do day in and day out consistently to accomplish those things that we have in the past and, and getting back to that. And it's not only to be honest with you, it takes consistency. It's not just one year here. It's not just one year there. It takes consistent years of doing these things and creating this within our environment. And ultimately, if we, when we 
are able to create this environment and get it back to, to that form, then the rest, you know, will take care of itself. And whatever opportunities that, that we earn and that we get, we'll take full advantage of. But we're not going to we're not going to focus on that end result. We're going to focus on the right now and what we need to do. Last one for me. What is Boise State Broncos football under Andy Avalos? What do you want your fans at Auburn Stadiums on the blue turf to see from your team every Saturday this fall? A team that starts fast, that executes with unbelievable detail and finishes with a relentless mentality. It is all about mentality. It is all about uh, the detail of which we do things and how we have fun doing it, finding the way finding a way to do the uncommon things, you know, and, and, and having fun doing those things and seeing people grow and seeing people enjoy being a part of this family. That's, that's what we want it to look like. And uh, we're excited for uh, Bronco nation to be able to get back in this stadium, whether it's this stadium or we go on the road and, and working to make our fan base proud and, and bringing that excitement and joy, you know, back to the uh, to the college stadiums. The head coach of the Boise State Broncos, Andy Avalos. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. Be well. And of course, good luck this year. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review. We love to hear what you think. If you have any questions, any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet, I'll drop a quick sneak peek too. We have even more coaches coming up on the schedule that I know you'll enjoy. My name is Lance Glenn. Enjoy your Tuesday, everyone. Trey will be back tomorrow for the next edition of the College Football Daily.